Melissa here. I'm excited for this episode, um, episode 24 of the Social Angle podcast. Today, we are talking about how to improve your social media presence. So I wanted to do a quick hit episode where we talked about four things that you can do right now immediately to help boost your social presence, improve your strategy, improve your branding, and just improve kind of like your overall content marketing strategy for social right now. So the cool thing about this episode is the second part of it, I will be joined by Jeremy Pickert, who is the CEO and creative director of Amber Creative, um, which is based in Denver, Colorado. Um, Jeremy dropped some really cool gems, um, things that I feel like are very relatable to all the business owners who listen to our podcast and very actionable insight and tips that you can use in your own business. So I'm excited for us to get started for this episode. The first thing that I want to talk about on this list is conducting a social media audit. So I kind of geek out over these. Um, I know when people hear like audit, they're like, oh, that must be dry and boring. Think again. <laughs> Essentially with a social media audit, um, I have created a short checklist from back when I used to do consulting that I would use when I was auditing social profiles for some of the clients that I worked with that I'm going to share with you today. So that being said, a social audit helps you take stock of your current social media strategy, your own profiles. And this is something that is relevant now. It's something that's relevant or going to be relevant six months from now. It should be in kind of like your back burner and your maintenance plan for social. You know, when you feel like maybe you've done everything you can to improve, quote unquote, your social, doing a quick social media audit uh, just really helps with consistency, making sure, you know, the content that you're creating is on brand, that it supports your business goals, that you are talking to the right audience um, on the right platforms. Um, and that you're also, you know, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone by trying some new things. So I'm going to go into some quick kind of uh, talking points for you guys to remember when you decide to maybe audit your own. Okay. So the first one is, is my audience on this platform? So when you look at your Facebook, your TikTok, your Pinterest, LinkedIn, you know, whatever social platform you're on, your audience change. Maybe you start serving a different uh, niche like maybe you decide that you know Instagram you tried it it just wasn't for you you don't have the manpower to really support it so that being said you know you want to lean into Facebook you know where does your audience hang out online on social are you trying to target Gen Z you know maybe snapchat or TikTok are you trying to um, maybe work with boomers, you know, it's an older audience um, that's mostly male, maybe you should consider Facebook, you know, is it a demographic of millennial women from ages like 24 to 30? Um, you have a great product that does well visually, you have the ability to create video, maybe you should consider Instagram. So asking yourself those questions is really important to make sure you're on the right profiles at the right time. And there's nothing wrong with being on more than one, but you just want to make sure you're not wasting time, resources, and not really seeing an ROI on a platform that doesn't really serve your audience. You know, if you're trying to talk to boomers, probably not a, a good thing to be on TikTok. If you're trying to work 
uh, B2B, you should probably have LinkedIn in your social media stack. So just ask yourself where my audience is. And if you feel like, you know, it's changed adapting, trying out new platforms, maybe deactivating or archiving the old ones that kind of no longer provide you that value. So the next one is branded imagery. Is it consistent? Like I know a lot of small businesses, you know, we start lean, right? We're the business owner, we're the graphic designer, we're the marketing manager, we're the SEO expert, we're the sales, we are, you know, we're wearing multiple hats, right? And then our team grows, hopefully. And, you know, maybe we decide again, like we change the category of services that we offer or we change the audience that we're working with. So maybe our visual identity, our brand strategy changes. And what I will see a lot is like, you've got this gem of a website that's awesome, right? Um, and then I go to check out your social icons that are hopefully linked uh, to your website, which they should be. They should be linked to all your digital assets, but that's another topic. But I go to your Facebook page and I see a submark that's like from when you guys first started that you made in Canva or I see some of your fields and you know, like they're not filled out. So that being said, you know, just making sure if you go through a brand refresh, you know, you've changed your hex codes, you've changed your logos, you update that across all your social media platforms. So you have that visual consistency because you don't want somebody to come to your channels and think, wow, this doesn't match the other one. It's kind of sloppy. I wonder if that's how they do business or even worse, they don't recognize it's you, you know? You don't want to create a situation where you can't deliver consistency and your visual identity, your brand identity helps that for your customer. The second thing is minimum fields. All of them should be filled out. You know, when you are ready to invest in a social channel, right? Cause it's a subset of marketing, marketing supports, you know, it's channels that support your overall business plan. So you guys have chosen to lean into social media. That's part of your marketing mix for now you want to create a Facebook business page, make sure you have your logo, your copy, you know, important links, like links back to your website, where you're going to direct customers. Is it going to be to set up a meeting to message your page? Is it going to be to send um, traffic back to your website? All those things should be answered. And at least like, I should say 85% done before you create that page. Cause you might, you know, pick and choose some tabs not to use, but whatever you choose, make sure they're filled out. Like I'll discover brand on Facebook and I'll be like, well, I really would like to know more without going back to the website. I go to the about section, there's a great image and then the about section's empty or it doesn't you know, reflect currently what the company is doing. So it's that missed opportunity. The same with, you know, if you work for a company and you're trying to promote it, you're an extension of that, like make sure your bio is filled out. Like, where do you work? What do you do? What can you offer somebody? You know what I mean? Like your bio should answer those three questions and it shouldn't be blank. And hopefully there's a link through that back to some other type of digital asset that's going to keep people engaged with you. That makes sense. The second thing is, does your copy match your brand messaging? So going back to, you know, having that brand refresh, like let's say, you know, you were doing solely apparel and now maybe you've pivoted you know, like a lot of people have done this year and they're doing PPE, you know, like they're trying to keep themselves afloat, you know, making sure the messaging that you have on your digital assets on social media reflect your service offerings. And it's not just, you know, about 
filling an order, you know, it's about communicating um, how you can help somebody reach their aspiration or goal. So if that changes over time, which it probably will in your business, right? Make sure that you update that across your social media, you know, very important. Um, assess your posting frequency, right? Like this is one that a lot of people struggle with and I totally understand it, right? Because there's pressure, right? Like how many times should I be posting? When should I be posting? What should I be posting? Who should I be talking to? How should I be talking to them? There's tons of articles written by social media scheduling uh, giants like Hootsuite, Buffer, CoSchedule about best times, how many times, research they've incorporated, um, market research I should say, on like best times to post. Put all that crap out the window. Don't focus on what other people are doing. You have to create a strategy that is unique to you and your business. So like, you know, you can look at that stuff as a guideline maybe to you to get some insight, but ultimately you have to make a choice that you can sustain. If you're going to try to set up a robust social media program where you're doing multiple posts on multiple platforms and you're one person and you're wearing six other hats, do you like, do you think you can do that? Do you think that's feasible? Because then you're going to set yourself up for failure and you'll feel guilty about it. And that's not something you want. So start, you know, slow, start on one platform, you know, and start to post consistently in a schedule that you know, you can keep. Can you only post two times a week and then post two times a week? slowly build out. Maybe you build out your staff. Maybe you hire a consultant or a contractor or a freelancer. You know, maybe you have a marketing intern where you control the assets and the copy, but they're responsible for kind of doing more of the legwork, like scheduling things out, you know, responding to can, uh, to customers with can responses that you and your communications person have crafted for them. So you kind of can step away a little bit and have that relief, like whatever your posting frequency is, make sure you stick to it because the algorithms on majority of these platforms favor consistency. The second thing is analytics, all right? Like review your top three posts a week and a month. So people get really overwhelmed with numbers. I know I'm not a numbers person and you know, here I thought coming into digital marketing that I wasn't gonna have to deal with numbers and surprise, surprise, it's something that's very important in my industry and as much as I hated it when I started, I love it now. You know, do I um, spend hours upon hours looking at information? No, but I make sure that when I'm doing my report at the end of the month, you know, I'm looking at what are some of the top posts and I'm looking at reach, the number you need counts, what got the most engagement, what copy we use, what image, like what format, what content pillar do we support? Were we building trust? Were we educating somebody on a product or service that ASI offers? Um, were we doing something that was community driven where it's more social and lifestyle? Like how did that support the content strategy overall in the editorial department that I work in? Um, and what can I do to capitalize on this popularity for the next coming months. Like we often do, for example, a Facebook Live with our um, CEO, Tim Andrews. People love them. You know, it's one of probably like our most highest rated Facebook Lives. We try to do them, you know, like once a month sometimes. Um, 
twice a month, especially with everything happening. And the cool thing is, you know, this is, wasn't something we did frequently, but it's something we've tried. And now we do that consistently because our audience has dictated that, you know, they're interested, they're invested, they want to know know more. So we kind of have incorporated that into our current social strategy. So looking at your top three posts and your insights, your native analytics and a social media scheduling tool that you have is going to set yourself up for success. And then, you know, you can kind of uh, improve your time management because you can look at what did well and say, well, I spent a lot of time this month crafting educational posts about a new product we launched. We got zilch on that just dived, you know, is it the product? Is it the messaging? Maybe I should go back to our distributor marketing team and give some feedback about that. Or, you know, maybe that's not something that people want to see on social. Let's focus on something else. And then you're not spread thin. So remember, top three posts a week, top three posts a month. The last, oh, I should say the second to last thing that I want to talk to you guys about is how are you driving your customers to your offer or service? So Again, all of these things kind of play on one another, but it goes back to um, it goes back to me kind of talking about social in a strategy perspective. So I'm against hard selling. Me and Vin talk about this all the time. We just did an episode um, on LinkedIn marketing where we were like, "Don't hard sell people on social because it turns them off." And I will say that again, but you know, like any marketing channel, you are creating awareness. You know, if we're talking about just straight organic social awareness, it's organic KPIs. You are trying to make somebody aware of your company, your promo firm, your product, your service, how you can help them get from point A to point B with what you have to offer and why you're the right choice versus their competitor, right? So that being said, going back to filling out forms, I will see often like, for example, Instagram, I'll see somebody, um, you know, they'll have a really great bio. I'm like, oh, it's cute. It's on brand. I love that they have the hashtag in there. And I'm like, there's not a link back to their website or there's not a link management tool. Um, there's so many different tools that you can use to make sure that people are, you know, constantly kind of like in a thread of discovering new things about you. And that's what you want. You want people to educate themselves on you. So when they're ready to make that purchase decision, when they're ready to start seriously considering what you have to offer, you know, they're ready to place that order for a promo product. They're going to choose you because they know about you. It's that like, know, and trust factor guys. So on your Facebook page, making sure, you know, a button goes back to your website. Um, you know, if it's something like sending a message to a salesperson who's managed partially managing that page to book an appointment, um, it is LinkedIn, making sure it goes back to your website. It is using, you know, Linktree campsite bio, which ASI uses to house your website. It also has topical marketing information. It also houses downloadables, you know, events. Like there's so many opportunities to educate your customers. So don't miss out by not, you know, capitalizing on those small moments to capture their attention because there's a big payoff in the end. So lastly, are you taking calculated risk by trying new features? So going back to the algorithms, when these platforms 
release a new feature, they want you to use that. So I'm going to say that again, when these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, when they release a new platform, uh, a new feature on their platforms, they want you to use it. So they want you to use it. So make sure when something comes out on their beta testing, you have a conversation with the stakeholders that are involved in managing your social presence, your marketing, your communication and content uh, management strategy, however that appears in your company. And you're trying to figure out how you're gonna incorporate that into your mix. And you don't have to keep it forever. You know, I'm not for doing something for the sake of doing it, but I feel like a lot of people get stuck because they feel overwhelmed with social and they stay to what they know. And that's okay, you know, it's okay to uh, invest in what does best for you. But for example, when I worked in real estate, I would have, uh, you know, realtors that I would manage their social for. And I would say, you know, we're doing a video, we're doing this static uh, photo. Uh, I loved the photos that you got me of the new house that you have up. When you're um, doing your open house this weekend, why don't you take a couple of videos that I can use for stories? Or why don't you take a couple yourself, you know, and make it more live and fun of interactive. Like, hey, I'm narrating behind the scenes at my open house. I'm like, it's the perfect opportunity to do so. And I would get a lot of, oh, well, I don't know, you know, and I, I'm just not sure if I know what to say. And it's like, you know, figure it out. Like, I'll give you points. I'll give you, you know, uh, helpful tips. But, you know, don't let, I don't know, prevent you from trying something different because it keeps your social fresh. It helps you get in front of multiple eyes. It helps your reach. It helps your engagement because it shows that you're consistently invested in this channel. And again, if you're gonna spend time, money, resources, hiring maybe a social media manager, delegating to a contractor, you know, setting up a job on Fiverr and paying somebody, you know, you want to make sure that you're going all in. You know, it's something where, you know, it's simply easy as, hey, we've been doing a lot of videos, let's try a live once a month and see what happens, you know? And then again, if you're doing that three posts a week, three posts a month, and you're kind of looking at things and you're seeing the engagement, you can make an educated decision of if you want to continue it, but you're not pigeonholding yourself to just doing one thing. So I hope you found uh, this checklist helpful. You know, I hope when you listen to this episode, please tweet me. Um, it's Melissa underscore ASI on Twitter. I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm so excited for the second part of our interview. We're about to be joined by Jeremy Picker. Like I said, the CEO and creative director of Amber Creative. Um, and he is gonna talk to us about defining your mission statement, ensuring consistency and quality across your networks and how to show great content. So I'll see you in the next part, guys. It's Melissa from ASI. I'm so excited for this episode of the Social Angle Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to improve your social media presence. So we're going to talk about four things that you can do to improve your social presence right now. So in the second part of this, I'm so excited to be joined by Jeremy Picker. He is the CEO and he is um, the creative director of Amber Creative in Denver, Colorado. So Jeremy, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Morning, Melissa. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I've been around custom apparel for probably 20 plus years. I was around it 
my brother had a clothing line uh, back when I was in junior high. And so I would go around to screen printers, embroiderers, uh, cut and sew factories. I would help them in the warehouse. And so I got to see the inside behind the curtain um, of what goes into to producing merchandise. You know, I, I wasn't planning on being in this industry. Um, I wanted to be an engineer, but after calculus two, I said, forget that and, <laughs> and needed a new direction. And uh, my brother, just with his relationships, um, doing what he was doing after I graduated college, he got me a job with a, a band merch company out of Nashville. Awesome. Uh, so I ended up living on the road, uh, you know, living on a bus for 10 years, selling merchandise for major label bands. And yeah, it was, it was awesome experience on the retail, retail side of things. And in 2008, I, I went to an old buddy of mine and he worked for the band merch company that used to design and supply us on the road. And he's like, hey man, I have a business idea. I need someone that loves the creative and operations like you do. And he was more kind of on the sales business admin side of things. And so 2008 had no idea what I was doing and uh, decided to, to start our own company. And yeah, 10 years later, or actually 12 years later now, uh, you know, I, I'm, I still love it and I'm not completely jaded yet. So that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I think you have like such interesting experience and I feel like that must bring such a unique perspective to your company. You know, like you're able to offer something to your audience, to your customers that nobody else can. So I feel like that segues like really nicely into our first question, which is the importance of defining your mission statement um, and how that can kind of be parlayed into your social media presence. So how did you define your mission statement for Amber Creative and how does that play a part in your current social media presence? Yeah, so I think it, it's evolved along the way. You know, I think when I first started, I'm like, oh, that's easy. I make product, you know, that I, I, I print t-shirts, I, I embroider hats, um, but as time goes on and you know as more people get into this crowded marketplace it's 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 ultimately in your best interest to figure out what is your lane um mark coudre uh he was on this shirt lab and he's like the riches are in the niches and really being able to find you know you can't just be all things to all people and when it, you know, are you, are you the best screen printer? Probably not. You know, there's, there's always going to be someone better. So really defining who your audience is. And, you know, for us, it was, we found that the religious, religious and nonprofit space and the food and beverage space were kind of our niches. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we, we we had this long drawn out statement of who we thought we were and why we were different and we brought in a consultant i think probably four years ago to to help us with that story because it's hard when you're when you're in those trenches to really really have a fresh perspective of what you do you kind of know what you do but how right. how does the end consumer view you or your customer so you know a lot of the examples, she's like, look at some of the ma the biggest companies in the world who spend millions on their branding and, and mission statement. You know, Nike just do it 
Apple think different, Coca-Cola, right. open happiness, McDonald's, I'm loving it. None of that talks about what they sell. It's not, hey, I'm the tchotchke guy, or I <laughs> it's, it's who they, what they do and, and, and like how they help in, in, a, in a kind of broad sense. And so the, the consultant was like, we need to figure out what you do. And we had a whiteboard and we, I mean, just my whole team, we did thousands probably of, of what wow. we thought we were and who we, who, how we help and why we're different. And after a few sessions, we landed on, we help solve creative problems with fashion. Sorry. We help solve creative problems with fashionable solutions. That's so, so really, cool. You know, defining, it, it doesn't necessarily say anything about apparel or merchandise or promotional products. Yeah. It's saying you as a company have a creative problem is getting people to wear your merchandise or to use your merchandise or to think about you next time, you know, they put on that garment or supporting your nonprofit. That's, that's a problem that needs to be solved. Just printing a shirt isn't going to solve that. Right. You know, giving out a mug doesn't necessarily solve the problems that a company faces with, with getting new customers or, or raising more funds. And so the fashionable solutions, the way we are trying to define ourselves in the space is we're, we approach this industry from a retail and fashion perspective or a lens versus mm -hmm. manufacturing and supply. Okay. You know, we, our mission is we know that getting a shirt printed or a mug made is not anyone's problem. You can go anywhere mm -hmm. on the internet locally and get that made. But right. if no one uses the product, if no one wears the product, if, if your marketing dollars go to waste or if you're not creating this engaging marketing campaign then it does no one any good and so going back to your, your your question is really saying how do we portray that on social and i think it's hard especially depending on what platform mm -hmm. you like to right. focus on but you know for us and i think it's evolving because like sometimes i'll look at our feed and i'm like we're showing too much too much product we we need to mm -hmm. to showcase more of how we're helping the customer in their marketing efforts. But, you know, I think people also want to see that you can create quality product as well. So I think there's a balance there, but yep. really if we're helping people solve creative problems with fashionable solutions, how does that look like? Well, being a design firm first, we have to lead with good design, whether it's the product design or just displaying what we're, what we're posting on social media. So I think, being able to, and this might, you know, evolve a little bit, but being able to show them and, and let our visuals speak about who we are. You can get a lot about a company by going to their website. You right. know, there's so many websites out there that are just, you, you don't want to do business with them because they're not showcasing anything other than we make shirts or we make hats. And so I think, you don't even have to be great at design to to showcase in a, a nice visual way who you are again mm. actions are you know the visuals are going to speak louder than what you're saying people aren't going to listen to that if you're saying yeah we're we're going to help you look good you know to the masses and your website is junk that doesn't <laughs> necessarily build confidence that 
you can help them accomplish their marketing goals. No, and I love that answer. Honestly, I'm so glad you shared all of that because to me, like, I just feel like it's the consistency piece. And I feel like that tagline, you know, I think a lot of people overthink it where they're like, again, you know, just like you guys thought it was worthwhile to hire a consultant to help you boil everything down. It's like, you don't want to miss an important piece that represents like who you are as a company, like your unique vision. And you don't want to miscommunicate that because you want to make sure you're getting yourself in front of like the right audience, the right customer. So you boil down, you know, like the three different categories of the types of people that you serve, but you're looking at it holistically, which I love from a marketing perspective. I'm so excited because it's not just about like, all right, we're going to fulfill this order onto the next thing. It's about like, what is the problem? What is the aspiration? You know, like, what am I trying to help you achieve? What am I trying to help you solve? What is the unique solution I can provide you? Like when you sign on to work with me that you're not going to get anywhere else, you know? So I love that, you know, all this work went into it and I think this is really great for our audience to see so they can know like this isn't something that you know um, shouldn't be just like a write-off like oh we did this you know it should be something you really think about you know you have your whole team involved your important stakeholders you know they have an important voice in your brand and from their own unique professional perspective and then what does that mean for you as a company and i like that it's evolved too because i think a lot of people as well um you know they think it's a fixed thing you know but your business evolves you know like what if you add a new category of clientele a new market you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Especially with everything going on in COVID, maybe that'll change. But right yeah. now, like that sum up of a sentence, like says everything. If I saw that in an Instagram bio, I'd be like, I get it. You know, if I saw that on awesome. your LinkedIn profile, I would get that. Same with, you know, I know you're on TikTok. I know you're on Twitter. So I'm really glad you also mentioned, um, the design aspect. So ensuring consistent and quality branding across networks. Like I think your feeds look incredible. I think that this is sometimes um, an aspect that people can get tripped up on because maybe they yeah. feel like, you know, I'm not a graphic designer. I don't have, uh, you know, a great uh, grasp on like Adobe Creative Suite. I've never opened Canva. You know, how can I make yeah. sure that there's consistency um, and it sounds like you've thought a lot about that. So how have you ensured consistency and quality branding across your social media channels? Yeah, I think it's, it's hard to do if you don't have a brand guideline kind of mm -hmm. as a, a blueprint. You know, I know Jay. Preach, amen. <laughs> you know, Jay, Jay pushes it and Jay's actually helping, helping me, uh, to bring out some more of that why and mm -hmm. and how people see us it's kind of the next uh, iteration I feel like we have the design assets but the yeah. brand guidelines much more than that so really you especially if you're in a bigger company you need this more so because you're gonna have so many different people whether it's sending you know uh, briefs to your client for quotes whether it's you know letterhead or marketing there's there needs to be this kind of cohesion, cohesiveness to it. And I think having that brand guidelines lets you, lets you come back to it and say, does this represent us well across the board? And mm -hmm. how we've done it, we've created templates for tall, wide, and square 
that we could use on all social platforms. Oh my God, and I like snaps. Yeah. Snaps for you and your team, I love it. It's it so awesome. It, 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 it takes time. You got like our style two years ago or three years ago is mm -hmm. very different than it is now. We right. we were very driven on the little icon, like really simple art, uh, simple line designs and patterns. And I think that caught on. Not I'm saying we were a leader, but we just start, started seeing everyone do it. Really being able mm -hmm. to showcase, hey, if we like this look, let's make it work for each platform. You know, nothing worse than having a distorted image or you're trying to use this wide format image on a tall Insta story and it's all cut off or you have to shrink yes. it is being intentional, you know? And I think that's easy. Anyone can outsource to get that designed yep. to say, hey, design something for us. And it for us, we have eight different colors, you know, like different patterns that that we're trying to lead with. But to start off, one background that is going to be consistent with your logo, with your colors, and then whoever's doing your marketing, if they have the right fonts, the right graphics, then they can add to it using Canva. I mean, that's so easy. Right. Or, you know, Adobe just to, to uh, customize it a little more. But that it all started there because you can have the same voice as far as on the text and content side. But then if your designs are all over the place, there's going to be some confusion. And why, why have to try to think of content and design? I think that's what holds people back. Yes. Either, you know, it doesn't look good or it's not consistent. Take the time to create templates like internally. That way it makes it easy to say, all right, Monday, here's this template with this text, or I'm going to showcase this t-shirt on this background. And it, it creates this consistency that if they go to your website, if they're going to your social, when you send them a quote or you you know, you work on your CRM, they're seeing the same colors, the same fonts, the same iconography. Um, and so I think that's been a good way for us to keep consistent on that. And, you know, we'll add to it and our tastes change, but having that internal set of assets is important, you know, cause most people aren't creatives. Most people aren't designers. Yeah. So their taste level might not be up to what your company represents right. and um, just letting everyone have a free for all is doing no good for your brand. Oh my God. Everything that you said, so many good points. So firstly, having a guide, you know, and then I think also too, as well, having those assets accessible to all like team members, like anybody, like from the person who's your email marketing specialist, your social media manager, your graphic designer, like having that, like ready to go for your team is so important because like you said that free-for-all like you don't want people yeah. to come to your digital assets and they're just like well i went to this bomb website i loved it it was so cool i want to just like check out their instagram you know like i know that he works a lot in apparel like let me look at some of the designs and things that he's done and then you go to that instagram page and it's like a mess and they're like is yeah. this the same company and i think sometimes people um you know, they think like, is that the quality of work? You know what I mean? And also too, yeah. like you said, not everybody is a designer. Everybody has their skill set, and that's totally okay. Like we can make something and it can become better. We can make a mistake. We learn from it. We become better, but you can set yourself up from, 
like success from setting up a workflow that kind of sets you up for success, you know, yeah. having those assets in a central location, having them defined, and then like using a tool that's where you're at for your skill set. Like I know for me, you know, I can mess around with Adobe Creative Suite, but mm -hmm. Canva, you know, I can resize the same image if I'm going to have the similar banner with my logo and colors. I have that for LinkedIn. I have that for my Facebook. You know, I can do that in 15 minutes. So I feel like there's so many tools out there now for the beginner that mm -hmm. makes this easy. And when you're thinking about creating your page, which I had shared earlier in this episode during my um, social audit, just having all of that ready to go. Like you, yeah. you know, you feel like you're solid on TikTok. You feel like you're solid on Instagram. I'd like to create a f Facebook business page, like having all of that ready to go kind of sets sure. you up for success. So I like that. And then also yeah. too, you know, if you feel like maybe you don't have the time, you know, you're somebody, if you're a business owner, you often wear, you know, many hats, uh, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Right. You know, so I like, already changed three on this call. I had my, my third hats on and there's <laughs> fires, but you know, I think, that's that's the beauty of having having that um having that freedom to yeah to there's no excuse at the end of the day to say i don't have time because yeah, yeah none of us have time but uh, good leaders are delegating they're outsourcing yes. there's anyone that is listening here or you know part of our promotional um products community that's active on social like you're gonna learn there's so many people out there that could help you or give you, you know, ways to find free templates or, right. you know, use Fiverr, different design. Again, you might not have the design that, you know, a big firm has, but there's no excuse nowadays to not at least have something that's visually pleasing to, right. to the consumer. Yeah. And I think you make an excellent point. Like I want like, um, somebody to make like a bumper sticker or, you know, promo product for like yeah. good leaders delegate. Cause honestly, like that's what, you know, they do. It's, it's recognizing like, it's not being totally removed from the process, but like, Hey, you know, people have families, they only have so many hours in a day and like an eight hour workday, 40 hours a week. And I'm sure for yeah. you, you know, much more than that. So it's like, if you're somebody who owns your own business and you feel like maybe the design aspect or the visual or brand aspect of social media is kind of throwing you like delegate to somebody else like Fiverr yeah. like you said is a great tool there's Upwork I mean there's even people mm -hmm. sometimes in your local community you know like ask your peers like who are you yeah. using you know what I mean who would you recommend to me because I really want to make sure that this is in order because like you said you know not to put the pressure on but there's really no excuse because there's a plethora of options you know so Excellent, excellent points. Um, so many gems, Jeremy, I love it. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about is showing great content. Now that might mean something different to a lot of people, but what I have loved about your social media channels, and you can kind of share about the ones individually that you're on, you know, for some people maybe yeah. listening who want to go and look you up and see some of your examples. I love the behind the scenes. I love the production quality. I love the branding. I love like the authority. And I love the fact that, um, you know, you guys have like a little fun, like on TikTok, like I see some of the viral trends that you guys participate on. I think you guys do really great behind the scenes where it's like, um, it conveys like a sense of warmth, but the production quality really conveys like 
the expertise that you guys have. And I think that's cool, you know, and that's a hard kind of hat trick to convey on social, but I think you guys do it well. Like when I read your LinkedIn profile, when I was learning kind of more about you and, and Amber, I was like, oh my God, his about like page, like single tier, like it's great <laughs> because <laughs> I knew exactly like what you did. And it's like those opportunities to like just delight your customer, you know, give that little nugget to help them like learn more about you, like don't miss that opportunity. So how do you define great content for your company and how does that parlay into the social media channels that you guys own? Yeah, you know, I think, or I don't think great content is my decision at the end of the day. I think it's the audience, you know, do they find it great? You know, I, I, I know what I know, but I also am very, uh, I'm, I'm very ingrained in, in our industry. And I, I have a, a philosophy that might not sit well with others, but part of it is, is Gary V. I heard the other day, he said, quantity brings quality, you know, and I, I know a lot of quantity, if it's not quality, you know, is just a waste of time. But in order to find your lane and your voice and what makes great content for your audience is you got to, you have to try, you got to experiment, you got, you got to not worry about, is this awesome at first? You know, I think, I think people get paralyzed and don't post because it's not perfect or, you know, what are people going to think? Or, you know, if I put myself out there, am I going to look silly? I, I think getting over that is, is a, the biggest step with social media, because mm -hmm. if you can't be your authentic self, you know, it's, it's just going to look robotic. It's not going to, it's going to seem like it's a corporation talking to someone instead of, like you said, behind the scenes, showing people that you have a soul, you are a human, you know, you, you mm -hmm. are there to help people. And I think, you know, part of my audience helps me figure out what is great content mm -hmm. and some is coming from analytics is which, what posts are getting, you know, time is obviously important, but what, what posts are resonating with your followers currently. And for me, I, I had a post the other day, it had nothing to do with apparel, but it was, it was my most engaged and liked post. May um, I ask on, what it was about? Is that okay? Yes. So it, it was saying, <laughs> no, 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 I know it, it, it talked about how you shouldn't be so salesy on, on LinkedIn. It was let, get to know me before you automatically pitch because you don't know, you don't, if you haven't looked at my profile, if you haven't followed my content, if you haven't even liked what I'm sharing, how, how do you know that you can help me? You don't yeah. even know my problems. You don't even know what I'm about. I might be selling the same thing as you are. So by, by not even getting to know someone, I think it, that I was saying, dear LinkedIn connections, stop trying to sell me without even liking my post. Yeah. And it ended up 7,000 views, 122 uh, reactions and 75 comments. And that right. was more than any of my apparel stuff. But obviously it's, it's, it ties back to the apparel thing because I used to try to do that on LinkedIn as sell, 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 and people just ignored me or I wasn't getting content. Gary V obviously is an influence of mine and he's just like, give, 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 and then ask, you know, mm. I'm not, I'm still in the giving phase. Like 
you know, I, I want the sell, you know, I want to get that, but I want the relationship. I don't want the order. You know, if they use me and we're not the right fit, you know, I've put a lot of time in setting up that customer and they're not going to be with me long term. I want to brainwash in a way the people that want to work with me. And uh, there was a shirt lab summit and uh, one of my industry buddies, Justin McKibben, a mail marker, a ginormous screen printing house in LA. And he said, stop trying to convince people to value what you value. Mm. You're going to waste your time trying to say, Hey, a better garment matters or better design matters. He's like, instead of wasting your time trying to convince people, align yourself with people that value the things you value. Yeah, it's going to be harder. You're not going to be able to do the shotgun approach of trying yep. to get new business. But again, I'm the people on LinkedIn and that's just who engages. There's probably people who follow me and looking at my content that never like, that never share, but they're watching. And yeah. they're, there's going to be a piece of content that resonates with them to say, hey, my current provider isn't offering me that. Yeah, they give me a good price and the product, but they're not helping me showcase my brand more. They're not helping me on social media. They're not giving me these free tips. And this guy doesn't even work with me. And so I think that great content is going to come from trying and seeing what works. And it's not going to all be great. It's going to be that whole 80, yeah. 20, only 20% of your, your content is going to be, be, I think, engaged and, and resonate with people. The other 80%, they're not going to even see it. So again, mm -hmm. that's where that consistency comes into play that you don't know when that person or your current clients or a potential client is going to land on your content. So if you're only posting once a week, you're pretty much guaranteeing only five, 10% of people might even see that. So right. you are wasting your time in a way that it's not getting into the hands that you want it to just showing that you make t-shirts all day. There's millions of people doing that. So how are you going to stand out from the crowd? And again, that comes, that comes in your social strategy. Are you, are you pushing people, you know, to learn more about you? You know, one thing that I find hard is creating funnels and landing pages of, mm. Hey, we need to push our social to our website. And we want people to, to that be the epicenter. But then on the other hand, don't just post links on social that post back to your blog. Right. No, no one's going to do that. You need to have unique content for the platforms. And then coming to your website, you know, is a secondary. I, I see a big agency that I follow. They're, you know, they're, they're big in our space. But all they're doing on LinkedIn is, is sharing the link from their blog they get less than five likes. No one, no one cares. No one is going to just go out of, out of LinkedIn where they are just to read your blog. You're not even telling me why I should go read your blog. Right. It's just linking. Yeah. It has a cool title, but the tactics tactics that used to work LinkedIn's algorithm, they want you to stay on their, their platform. Same with Twitter yep. you know, with Instagram. So once you start linking outside of their platform, your reach is already going to be lowered. So I think having a balance, having that original unique content and then, yeah, ultimately we all need sales. We all need to stay in business. But for me, I, I've decided I want to stay boutique like, and okay. I can't, I can't help everyone. 
So I need to find my audience and it's just, that is take an experiment, you know, coming on podcasts. I've been writing for industry magazines for a year and a half now. And it's finally paying off, paying off as far as getting reach, getting people to know my philosophy, who I am. It doesn't necessarily translate into sales all the time. I'm, I'm getting more interaction with people in our industry than the end consumer. I thought, I thought by getting out of my cave and and being social on social media was going to get to the end client or the consumer, but it's resonating with with people in our industry. So I'm kind of focusing on that, and maybe hopefully eventually, you know, it'll it'll equate to sales. But um, it helps our company no matter what because I'm getting it from my head down right. to paper, and then. Is it even resonating with people? Is it great content to them? Or is it only, I think it's great and no one cares. You know what? I love your answer because again, so many great gems where I feel like, you know, what a sense of relief. Like there's probably like a little bit of, I think for some people when they make that decision in their marketing channels that they're not going to be everything to everyone, you know, where they just kind of lean into that alignment. But there's so much power in that. You know, because I feel like you said you can focus on the relationship building aspect with somebody, you know, because it's not just about like, again, for you and your company, you know, like that has been the cadence throughout this conversation. Like for you guys, it's not just about the sale. Like you're thinking long term about the relationship you're building with this client, how you can help them, how you can continue to help them, you know, maybe how you can bring, um, insight and education to them on something that maybe they're not even aware of and give them a solution you know like to me i feel like the alignment piece is important because it helps you craft like your content strategy from your branding your messaging and then also you know for you going back to what you were saying before about seeing what resonates and them kind of dictating that like you might have one idea about what's going to be popular but maybe like you know for you appearing on a podcast you know that gets better engagement for you so that's something that you know hey in the next couple of months i'm going to pop on to some of my you know industry colleagues uh you know podcasts and share my thoughts on topic a b and c because that really inspires and engages my audience audience it's meaningful to them and like you said also the consistency piece you know like if you're gonna go in and pick a channel like you know social media is an interesting marketing channel because a lot of people use it personally right you know it's something that your 12 year old kid does but it's also something that a major corporation uses to get you know, their awareness out in front of their audience. So it's like, what's the right approach? Is it something that's frivolous? Is it something that I should take serious? But I always lean towards the second, which is it's a subset of your marketing plan, which supports your overall business goals. So like, if you're picking that, you know, what are the goals that you're trying to accomplish? So for you, like you're trying to push traffic back to your website, you're trying to bring people into a sales funnel, you know, you're trying to create that awareness piece, that interest, and you're doing it consistently. And that's why, I mean, you know, from what is it? TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Is there any other social media platforms that you're, you're on that maybe I've missed? I mean, everything I've seen has been so good and consistent, you know, and I think that that, um, you know, like you said, you're seeing the payoff because of that. You know? Yeah, I, I love Pinterest. Um, okay, Pinterest. I, I, I use Pinterest a lot. I haven't 
it's more of my hobby, but I also use it as a, a mood board collection for my customers. So I link my customers to a Pinterest board, let's say of specialty inks or custom tie dye or promotional ideas. I'm using that to curate social proof market research, what other brands are doing. Cool. And I'm also using it as, as my, um, as my uh, image library in my, you know, to, to, to go back and reference, oh, I remember this idea for this customer. You know, I have some private boards that I share directly with my customer and they'll add stuff that they like to the Pinterest board. And that way they're not always having to like explain what they're looking for. We create this foundation of visuals of saying, this is my brand aesthetic. This is the things I like. So when we, when they say, Hey, we have this new event or we want this new campaign and we want a t-shirt or an item around it, they don't have to always start from scratch. We already know what they're looking for aesthetically. Mm -hmm. And then we can go direct to the design phase of it because we're constantly adding to this inspiration vault. Um, so Pinterest definitely, you know, the, I think the hardest part on a lot of things is, is making them work together. So yeah. a lot of gurus are saying, do you need to be everywhere? You need to be omnipresent because you don't know when that person, where they're going to find the content. So by having content on all platforms, you're making it easier for people to find you. But Instagram is better for B2C from what I've seen yep. than LinkedIn. LinkedIn's B2B. So if you're in the B2B space, which most of us are, or all of us are, you need to be on LinkedIn should be one of your top strategies. Not only is the organic reach amazing, people are in a business mindset. People, people are, if they want a designer, they might go to Instagram or dribble to find someone that has cool style, mm -hmm. but B2B, the buyers connecting with people that are the decision makers that, you know, recruiters that who knows you, they might see your content. And when you're going to hire someone, you post it on LinkedIn and they're like, Hey, I have a perfect candidate. You'll never find that from Craigslist. We put a lot of our, our job descriptions there, but LinkedIn is a great place because it's in the business mentality. Um, you know, it's, I think it's hard B2B. And when you're, you're service based with a product, yeah, it's hard that we've tried pay-per-click ads. We've done all the paid advertisement. It's never yielded us a quality lead. And we've hired big firms. So we've decided we're going to focus again on, on finding a, a fewer perfect clients than a ton of clients that might not come back. You know, companies like Foreign Print and Custom Inc., they're looking for volume. They're looking for an order, not necessarily a relationship. They, they, they need volume knowing that most people will never come back. You know, I, I've chosen not to do that. I, I want to give my time to people that deserve it, not that need it. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. I have, there's just so much, like there's so many good things that are going to come out of this for our audience. I, I can't wait to share it, Jeremy. And I feel like, you know, a lot of what you've shared has been actionable. And I feel like that's the thing that I want people to come away specifically for this episode is social media does take time, effort yeah. and talent. 
but we all have to start somewhere and there's simple things that you can do to improve your presence right now to make it better for your audience so you can get your content in front of the right people so they want to inquire about you work with you and you can you know help them with their aspiration or solve their problem so is there anything else you'd like to add for today yeah i mean i think people have opinions of like strong opinions on different social media yeah. and like, but they have no experience. They, they just think this won't work for my business or think they don't have time for it. But I think you don't have time not to, especially with this. Excellent. I think this pandemic changed a lot of our mentalities, a lot of our focus, you know, for me, I've opened up my product offerings to, to print on demand to DTG stuff. I never even wanted to because I'm a t-shirt snob. I didn't like, <laughs> you know, I didn't like print on demand. Yes, it has its limits, but it has its benefits. People are going to be, be scared of inventory. So being able to meet the customer's needs, mm -hmm. you have to really define that. And I think you can, you can't have opinions if you've never tried. If you've tried and failed, then I'll listen to you. But if you're saying, I don't have time for Instagram or I don't have time for, for uh, TikTok again, we, we, it might not be here next week, but you know, <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn or Twitter, I, I think let the, let the audience decide that. Let your customers decide that. Don't, don't just say that because you think that's the right way. You got to try you got to look dumb a few times. You're not going to make it right the first time or the second or the hundredth, but just, just try. You need to differentiate yourself from every other person out there. You know, we live in over, we have a, a, a large industry and there's, you know, the barrier to entry is very low. So how are you going to stand out? And the only way you're going to, people are going to know how you stand out is by telling them and, and being the experts. I think too many people in our industry just take orders as far mm -hmm. as let the customer dictate it, let the customer submit the design, let the customer decide instead of us stepping up and doing this day in and day out is social media creates authority yeah. and our good content, you know, on social media consistently creates authority because a lot of those things that you're, you're trying to get out through social you can bring that into your, your company culture and your, your, your glossary of terms. So right. everyone's saying those things, not just the owner or not just a marketing manager. You need to take those things that resonate with on um, social and bring it into your organization. So everyone's on that same page. And when they ask, Hey, what does Amber do? You're not having 10 different, well, I only have four employees, but we <laughs> don't have five different people saying different things. There's going right. to be that consistency and you need to brainwash your 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 staff just as much as the the people that you want to work with. And brainwash, I'm not saying manipulate. I'm just saying get them to think or to like adapt you. your philosophy. Yeah, they're an extension of you and your mission statement. You know, like they represent you and your company. I totally get that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jeremy. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Melissa.